to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I am joined by someone who I'm actually so excited to talk to you because you know, I'm I'm a marketer as well. You're a marketer. So we're going to be able to geek out on some super cool stuff. My favorite <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I have Elizabeth Ruth with me. She is uh, the CEO and founder of ER Marketing Services. And she, we were just having a quick chat before this and she was telling me a little bit of a secret sauce. So we are going to untangle some of that uh, and, you know, work out how it is that she got to that point. And don't worry, we will share with you what it is she exactly does. But I just wanted to kind of start with, let's kind of go back and let's kind of, let's take, why don't you take us on the journey of how you got to the point where you are now with your business. And then I want you to unveil what it is, the super cool things that you do for other businesses. Is that cool? Okay. That's very cool. (laughs) Awesome. So over to you. All right. Um, A long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a time. Yes. Uh, When I first began my career, I was actually in fundraising and I decided that I wanted to work in fundraising because it made a difference. It helped people. And some of these are threads that I've noticed over the years that I actually continue to do and bring into the marketing agency. Uh, so if you were for not-for-profit, though, you don't get paid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to then find a for-profit agency that supported not-for-profits. And um, before I had a family, I was in charge. I was a campaign director for capital campaigns. I was in charge of raising hundreds of millions of dollars for universities and hospitals and other organizations. Mostly the universities and hospitals were to uh, build new wings, purchase equipment, design new programs. And I loved doing that. I loved the project management, but even more than that was connecting volunteer, influential, and affluential members of the community to ask their peers to support, um, you know, what they believed in, the, the project, why they were volunteering. And that is where storytelling came, because you have to share your personal story and why it means something to you to engage someone else and get them excited and eventually to pay or donate, in this case, towards the cause that you believe in. It's going to translate into your own business soon. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, I loved that job, but it was a first one in last one out situation as a consultant. And once I decided to start my family with my husband, it just wasn't a lifestyle I wanted to maintain at that point in my life. Uh, for a decade, I had a home daycare And I have many businesses and entrepreneurs who are listening. You can relate. You have so many passion projects, right? And so many ideas. I started in hospitality. Can you believe that? My first business was. Wow. (laughs) It's crazy. I know. 
but again, it's interaction connections. And that's, what's going to make you a great marketer too. I love it. I love the stories. Um, so doing the home daycare, of course, you know, have type A personality. Was I just the daycare lady? No, I used my word of mouth connections whenever I had an opening. I, um, you know, mentor, I stewarded my parents who I was watching and I was a couple steps ahead because my children, I would start, you know, most of the daycare kids would start at one. My kids were a couple of years older and I was able to say, oh, I've had this experience, you know, you should try this and, you know, probably some unsolicited advice, but I knew their children because I saw them probably more waking hours than they saw them. Yes. And then um, really making it a good, ex- a feel good experience for them of documenting, taking pictures, sharing what our menus are. This is what your child's doing through the day. Uh, so they could feel good about when they went to work that their child was having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then throughout there, you know, nap times are great. But when you have to be quiet because, you know, you, you have to still be there in case someone needs you. Yeah. Um, you know, I picked up a hobby. I picked up knitting and crochet again, and I started a handmade business, the Ruthless oh Crafter. I should have brought some hats over, but I design knit and crochet character hats. I write the patterns and I sell those. And as well, I write children's books to share each character's story. So, and that's just, you know, a passion project, but it, it's a lot of fun and it was great. At that time of life, it was fun because I was able to use my brain on how to market it and still stay up with the trends of it. But I loved doing it. And, um, you know, daycare kids loved it because they were getting, you know, here's extra hats. Here you go, guys. Here's a blanket. (laughs) And my kids, you know, (laughs) once their cupboards were full, I went to daycare kids and then I decided to sell it. When it was time to event, I still do the Ruthless Crafter. um, But when it was time to, decide, okay, the family's outgrowing and I'm outgrowing the daycare. What can I do next? And if anyone's in this situation where you're, you know, at the beginning phase of your entrepreneur journey, you know, you want to work for yourself, but you have no idea what to do. I love the stories. And you're like, oh, you just thought of it one day. No, it took me years to figure this out. I mean, I had an exit plan. I was uh, saving up so that whatever I chose, if it flopped, I, I wouldn't be in financial distress. And I decided eventually that I love to do uh, strategies and processes that lights me up. Mm. I really naturally am inclined to learn about marketing. And ultimately I love storytelling, whether that's writing, you know, hearing a story, I'm always listening to an audio book or I have a series on Netflix or I'm watching, you know, the Hallmark movies (laughs) and, um, even, you know, on those things that I, I started to study, oh, how are they, how is Hallmark, for example, they have seasons. And I studied this for my, for my handmade business, but um, this is how it worked into the agency. Oh, they have seasons. They have loveuary. They have spring fling. They have, you know, their fall harvest. They have their summer love. They have their Christmas, which is their big one. And I just found that really fascinating. And then they go into winter and then it starts all over. I found that fascinating how they would have branded colors, even though it was Hallmark, they used pink and white and, you know, maybe purple this year for their, for their loveuary. And I also liked how, um, they shared other 
movies. You know how they have those pop-ups and they say, oh, watch next Saturday. And they always have their ads saying, oh, next Saturday we're having this because it's part of our love you, Ari, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever it is, yeah. campaign. And not They don't say campaign, but you know what I mean? They're the series. Season. They're series. Yeah. They're season. And I loved that. And, uh, and then it was, I had a couple of friends who owned businesses and they're like, Hey, you have a good mind for this. Can I pick it? Can I, um, you know, how can I do this? How can I do that? And then it dawned on me. I love doing it. Why don't I make a business out of it? Mm. And thus ER marketing services was born. (laughs) So how long ago was that, that you actually started ER marketing services? Officially it was 2018. Unofficially, I'd probably been doing marketing, you know, throughout the whole time. Of course, you're an entrepreneur. You have to always. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what I love about this and uh, about your story, and it's actually a little bit, a little bit different because uh, there's one part where it's like a lot of entrepreneurs or where they start is I was just really trying to solve a problem that I had. Mm -hmm. And and obviously you learning marketing and stuff was totally that. But I love that you actually, what happened with you was you actually had this, got this inspiration from something completely different, almost completely left field of how it is that you could apply a strategy that you were seeing somewhere else to your marketing and to then your client's marketing. Yes. Which is really, really super cool. So let's now delve into that. So we've gotten to the point now you're in ER marketing services. Uh, you're helping, I think, some of your friends. You've got some clients on. Mm-hmm. What were you doing for them? So how did you actually take, you know, what you're seeing on with Hallmark and everyone yes. else and actually help them grow their business? Uh, okay. So when I started with my friends, before I officially got clients, <clears throat> I was helping them brainstorm strategy. And I would always come back to, what is your goal? Why are you doing this? Why are you on Instagram? Why are you on Twitter? Is your audience there? Mm-hmm. And I was really challenging them or um, or identifying, saying, your pricing model makes no sense. It's like $3 cheaper for me to do it myself than to pay you to do it. You know, like there were some question marks and I was really yeah. able to just the way my brain works, I was able to challenge them lovingly, lovingly challenge cool. them on that. Yeah. And um, so that that's why I have the marketing strategy as part of the business model, because I think it's important. You can write as much as you want, but if you don't have a purpose, you're just talking into the air. Whereas if uh, I was marketing a business today for let's say March, my question to a client would be, what programs are we trying to sell to get your ultimate annual dollar goal? Do you have an email list? What are you doing to grow it so that when you have your course or what or ne- another collection of products to sell, you have someone to sell to? Mm. And a big example was uh, Facebook, Meta, Instagram, yeah. and WhatsApp. They went down a yeah. couple months ago and everyone who didn't have an email list was lost. They were truly panicked. So you can have 10,000 followers on Instagram. That means nothing if they own those followers and you can't access them whenever you want to. Yeah. 
Did I answer your question? I got really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, I mean, by us geeking out on marketing stuff. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, so, well, we were talking about, you know, you were talking about some of the hallmark strategies. Yes, uh, yes. And, you know, A seasons, but also I think this is where I, I was, yep. I'm kind of leading you a little bit because I just sure. want to remind you of, you know, when you were like, and watch, and don't forget to watch our next one and next yes. Sunday. And yes. so, using, like, what, how did you translate that into marketing for yourself and for your clients. Yes, for sure. So I test everything on my own businesses because <laughs> let me be the guinea pig. And I also have a mom blog that I started when my son was one and he's 14 now, but you know, we won't go down that road. You know, again, entrepreneur, squirrel, let's start a business. <laughs> um, so I think what I really liked was how can I maximize one piece of content or one concept and draw it out so that it's not too much, but so that it's really working for me. And I don't have to think of all these brand new ideas. So when we're looking at the Hallmark example of they kept promoting other uh, movies in their series of, you know, so they had their campaign, their February campaign. They Mm -hmm. have four weeks in February. So -hmm. therefore they had four movies. And how did they they constantly were promoting, like if it was the first week of the month, they constantly promoted. And next week, you're not going to want to miss this. Mm-hmm. And they'd also through ads in that movie show the next couple that were coming up for the whole month. Yes. I really loved that. So I would translate that for my hats, for example, and say, okay, I have a monster collection of three hats. I also have, so the ready to ship hat for sale. I also have the children's book to go with it. And I have the knit and the crochet pattern to sell. Mm. How can I bundle it so that I can maximize if someone wants the ready to ship hat and the book, or Mm. they want the pattern and the book, or they want all three of one plus the book. So I would bundle in different ways to try and maximize. In terms of content, when I write a blog post, I try and make it a series. Let's say I, um, what is an example of a blog I would write? Perhaps I'm talking about time management tips for entrepreneurs, because that's something that my audience would be interested in. And I could share in one post a Pomodoro technique. In another one, I could say, Here's how you can block schedule. In another, I could talk about, you know, Focusmate, which is a one-on-one video accountability while you're working with someone, you know, in your peripheral. And I translate that into that's what I offer my clients because now not only do all of those, oh, here's the Pomodoro technique and my call to action will be, hey, if you want to learn more about how to be more proactive on your scheduling, check out this blog post. Hmm. I want them to have a Netflix binge of my blog post where they have four or five tabs open so that they can continue to read it. That is an example of how I would study how other campaigns are working and implement them in different ways. So service-based and product-based. And therefore, now I can turn to my clients and say, oh, you have a product-based business. Great. Let's leverage what you're already doing. Or what's a new collection that's coming? And same with service-based. Great. What's a workshop that you're doing or a course that you're getting ready to launch? 
What are your business pillars? And let's talk about each of those. Does it make sense to have a series or a standalone? And then when we create that content, how can we, instead of having to think of brand new content for social media and your emails or newsletters, how can we also chop that up? Um, you know, based on your goals, again, is your goal to drive them back to the blog? Great. Then we'll share an excerpt and a link. Is your goal to have standalone, uh, you know, posts that you can ask questions and really get engagement? Great. Then we're going to chop it up and talk about an idea per post and we can get three to five social media posts from that article. So see, you got me geeking out on content and repurposing, but really how can we maximize it? And let's look at what people are paying. I mean, that marketing agency that Hallmark is paying is going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So how can we, the regular person, like I shop at Walmart for groceries, you know, like (laughs) how can I take what they're already paying And choose not only what I like and emulate, not copy, never copy, but emulate or customize it to what my business is, but also what don't I like about what they're doing and Mm. what do I feel is not right for my business brand? Yeah. I love that. Okay. So this is so cool. Uh, (laughs) You have basically, and we're getting closer to your secret sauce. Uh, We're pretty much Mm -hmm. almost there. So let's start to talk about that specifically. Uh, You, and and it's kind of coming together because now that I know that you also started a mom blog 14 years ago (laughs) or 13 years ago. Yes. yes. uh, And so that's always been your background, right? Is blogging, which means that it totally makes sense for you to be like, okay, well, this is the best form of long form content that I can help my clients create. And then from there, we can repurpose that. So can you now talk us through how you actually help your clients do this whole process? Yes. So again, it all starts with strategy. And no matter if you want to just do blog posts or just social media, um, or if you want them to all work together, it's the same process. I need to know what is your goal? And if you don't know your goal, I can't help you because we really, we have to set the course in the GPS so that we can go on our trip. Mm -hmm. And then when we know, okay, ultimately we're driving to Toronto, I'm in Canada. So (laughs) it's an hour (laughs) west of me. It's the the closest big city. Um, So we're going to Toronto on a trip for the day. Do we want to make any stops? Okay. Tim Hortons is really big here for our coffee place. So do we, or Starbucks, if you can't relate to Tim Hortons, um, you know, which ones are we going to stop at on the way and how many stops are we going to make? Okay. I totally got lost in that analogy, but let's get back (laughs) to the process. So when you know your goal, which is, I want to make this amount of money, or I want, I'm getting ready for a course. I need to have a certain amount of leads on my email list so I can sell to them. So we keep them really high level. Then we break it out of, okay, you know, your goal, what are we going to do to achieve the dollar goal? For example, maybe you have a course that you're selling, and that is one of the things that you want to sell to make up your quarterly goal or your monthly goal, or you have a product or a service, you have a new collection, and that's what we're going to promote. And we're always promoting what we promote in April is what's going to probably get you bookings in May and June. 
-hmm. Yes, it could be in April, but it's a little bit of a long game. You have to plant the seed. You have to talk about it several times. You have to talk about it in several places so that where people are, they can pick it up and hear the message. And I want you as the listener right now to think about if you're on Facebook or somewhere where you see ads or hear ads, TV could be the radio. And if you haven't noticed it, I want you to try and be aware of this in following days and just say, how many times have you heard that PetSmart commercial or, you know, a Walmart ad, you ignore it, you ignore it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I think I need that for my dog. Hmm. Because you have to be ready to hear the message. You have to hear it a few times. And then once you're ready, you've heard it a few times, then the next couple of times you hear it, you listen to it and digest it in a different way. Yeah. So that is based on our goals. Okay. So we're going to say it multiple times based on our goals. And then um, now if you're wanting to grow your email list, is it, is it attractive to say, Hey, sign up for my email list. I'm going to send you emails every day. Or is it the why, like what someone's going to get out of it? Perhaps you do it more creatively and you do a lead magnet. Here's a check. I'm using the dog example. I'm on that right now. But, you know, um, here are the top five. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what I could say. Uh, Top five activities you can do to bond with your furry friend. And, you know, if your audience is really into that, they're like, I want to know what these five are. I need a better relationship with my pup then or my cat or whatever. Um, then they're going to sign up for it in return for the email. They get your your guide or your list or whatever it is you're offering. And then you have a strategy that will warm them up. Maybe you give them a couple more freebies that build on that. OK, now that you have the activities, here's my favorite I don't know, dog bone that you can reward Mm -hmm. them with, you know, at the end of your play date or whatever. So you do that and then you get them onto your list so that you can talk to them. I totally went on a tangent again. <laughs> but- okay, so let's let's be so in terms of your process because I know that you mentioned that you um, interview your clients. Yes. That's part of yes. because I'm assuming that's because not everyone is a writer, right? Not everyone is going to be willing to sit down and write a blog post. So how do you actually help? Yes. Like how do you personally help them do that? The interview style has actually uh, been a more recent option that I have offered again, because we study, we adapt, we fine tune. What I was finding feedback was, I know I need to market. I know I need to be everywhere. And I just don't know what to say. My life's not interesting. Mm -hmm. Many of us are victims of our own genius. We just assume that everyone knows how to do what we do. And they don't. I know I'm a knitter and a crocheter and I still get mesmerized watching Instagram reels or TikToks of people knitting and crocheting. There's just something about watching someone else do it that is so cool, but we might take for granted. Like I would never before that, I would never um, knit or crochet and record myself. I'd be like, who would want to watch that? That's just something I do, but they do. (laughs) Um, So part of that process is you come as you are. Obviously, we're going to have a strategy based on those goals. And we're going to figure out, I also need to know your pillars. And I'll use mine just to illustrate that point. So my pillars are marketing strategy, 
website content, blog post content, social media, as well as emails or newsletters, five Mm -hmm. contents. So I make sure that my blog posts are talking about that. And then I'm talking about that on social media. My lead magnets are related to that. When I want to get new um, social media clients, I offer Instagram audits Mm. for free. That's my way to connect with someone. It's meaningful to them. It gives them value. And if they like what I'm saying and they like my ideas, then maybe we choose to work together. And if not, that's okay. I help somebody. Yeah. That's how I work together. And then in the interview, when we know those pillars, we create an editorial calendar or a strategy. It's not as hard as it sounds. It's more, what are we saying? What days of the week? How often? You know, what times? And I have people ask me all the time, well, how often should I be posting on anywhere? Emails, blog posts, social media. And my answer is, what can you manage without feeling overwhelmed. I personally would rather you be consistent and comfortable than overwhelmed because somebody said you have to do it, you know, three times a day. Mm. It's not sustainable. Mm, Totally. Wow. Okay. Well, I I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I could, we could keep talking about this just literally for the whole day, (laughs) but we do, we are out of time. And this has been so helpful for everyone listening to this. I know because a lot of people struggle with those with content, right? Yes. So it's super helpful to know, okay, well, if we can start with some form of long-form content like a blog, then you just, depending on your goal, again, how do you use that to then uh, for your social media and for your email and et cetera. So that's so, so cool. Now, if anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, where is the best place for them to go? You can go to ermarketingservices.com. And you can click on my contact page if you want, and you'll be immediately sent once you fill it in and send it to me, my calendar link. So we can have a quick little chat if you want to see if, uh, if we're a good fit to support you. And also I do have a gift if I can share it. Yeah, of course. It's, it's a quiz that I have written and it's up to 10 questions where to go next with your marketing. Because as I said, you may feel, you know, if you're the beginning stage, especially you just open the doors, you're like, I have to do everything. I have nothing. Give yourself grace to start in one spot, you know, master your website, for example, or design a strategy, get really comfortable with that. Then fold in the next step. Maybe you do blog posts. And if you've never shown up on social media, it's okay. Build a little bit of a cache of blog posts for a couple months. Then when you're starting your social media, you can start at blog post number one and then start that process. So it's a really good way to give yourself grace. And the link, I'll also give Deirdre the link to put in the show notes, but it's bit.ly slash T-R-E-S quiz. Easy. 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 So we will definitely uh, include those in the show notes. Thank you so, so much, Elizabeth, for joining us and sharing and being generous with all you've shared. Um, And for everyone listening to this, if you love this episode, please leave us a review, leave us a rating, share with all of your friends, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just 
Do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, deidreeshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at deidreeshen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.